For those who remember. For those who will never forget. And for a whole new generation who will experience it for the very first time. The Star Wars Trilogy. Three timeless adventures that changed movie making forever. Now, the entire trilogy, digitally mastered in THX, for the ultimate in sound and picture quality. This will be your last chance to own the original version of Star Wars, the George Lucas masterpiece that launched the Star Wars trilogy. The Force is forever, for all generations. The original Star Wars trilogy on video, one last time. You all right? Uh, hello. Yep. Hello. Welcome to episode three of the Cinecult podcast, and by extension, the Star Wars and Character podcast. I am your host, Cordell Calkins, and today. I have a very special guest with me. I have Chris Irons of the Star Wars and Character um, podcast, the podcast, the Star Wars podcast of characters that you may never have known or never wanted to know. Uh, say hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. How are you? How you doing? Oh my God, you you are the third person to do that on this show. Well, it's the obvious choice, you know, when someone says, say hello, whatever, you, you got to do it, you know, it's like a 1980s um, sitcom kind of joke, you know. So, this podcast is going to be a little special today. Um, today we are recording after hearing of the passing of legendary Star Wars actor David Prowse, who was the, what the fuck was that? That was my vagina open a little bit. I, I apologize. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I think I put my headphones too close to the mic. I, I apologize. You got a you got a pussy whistle. I do. I do. It was <laughs> it was windy, and the wind went right up in there. <laughs> oh. Oh, are you gonna treat this tribute just like you did to the one for La Palmateo? For for Admiral Marty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, you know he's. he's Should he's I a... put an episode of Splash in here too? <laughs> Louis Anderson diving off that board. I'm telling you, I can't. You you cannot watch that without him without fucking laughing. I don't care what anyone says. As soon as he rolls off the diving board, you were pissing your pants on on the way down. I know. I love the. I like when he's when he's trying to be helped down to sit down. Mm-hmm. And he's he helping down. And he goes, ugh! Yeah, and then he goes, one, two, three. Ugh! And he goes, and he falls right off. I don't know. I was kind of more paying attention to that, uh, uh, that one girl, the one that, like, I guess it jumped before him, that Catherine. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I know. I don't know what bathing suit she was wearing, but damn. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. So, 
basically today we're just gonna kind to we're going to talk about Star Wars, of which um, David Prowse had been a big part of. Uh, we'll try to talk a bit about Prowse himself. Uh, we'll talk about what we like and dislike about Star Wars. Uh, just so our listen, uh, my listeners know, um, I'm not exactly going to go movie by movie. I'll probably give like a brief summary of each movie um, of the Star Wars saga. We're just going to try to condense it and keep it so that people... And this would be a good time to kind of understand exactly why I'm doing a movie podcast. Um, Because yeah. Star Wars is a big part of my childhood. Obviously, Chris, it's a big part of yours because you are part of Star Wars podcast. It is. This is correct. Very true. Um, and if you guys want more information about Chris's backstory with Star Wars, you'll get a bit of it here. I also highly recommend you go out. Um, Star Wars and characters, a very good podcast, full of laughs, good times. Yeah, it's it's um, uh, it's on NeosAz.com, Star Wars and character. It's me and three of my buddies from high school. We've been doing it for maybe like ten years now, just talking about the obscure characters in the background, you know, and their stupid histories that we know nothing about, and we make fun of it and just go along with it and stuff. You know, we we hate it, we love it, so it's a good time. You know, I was making popcorn at work the other day. I work at a gas station. Right. And all I could think about was when uh, you guys were talking about the Star Destroyers. And you guys spoke about um, Orville Crinyard, the guy who crashed into the executor. And oh, yeah. right before, right before uh, Dave could finish saying his name, he was like, Orville, and you cut in Redenbacher. That's right. That's, <laughs> and then you said... When it crashes, you can see popcorn, and that's all I could picture uh, while I was making popcorn at work. Well, that that's the only guy who's famous in real life, or from, if you name Orville. I guess James Orville, maybe. Is that a guy, like an author or something? I think so. I don't know. But Orville Redenbacher, it's like, come on, you know. So, in true fashion, as I, uh, before I start out this podcast, Chris, are you drinking anything to, uh, for this? I am drinking a Gatorade orange. <laughs> if you're wondering, yeah, it is. I'm a, drinking Dr. Pepper, so a 12 fluid ouncer. It, it's a Gatorade thirst quencher, so that that's what I'm drinking right now. What are you a very thirsty man, Chris? I am a very thirsty man. My my mouth gets very dry, so I always have to keep it moist and you know. <laughs> so. We're just going to start off with talking a little bit about David Prowse. Now, Chris, I know on SWIC, um, you and Tim talk about you have uh, posters of each of the movies and you have a bunch of autographs. Did you ever get to meet Dave Prowse? Yes, we did. Um, Christ, and, and I wish Tim was on here because he has a better memory than I ever could have. But it was, I think it was, it was in the late 90s, I, I believe. There was he used to do a thing called I think Men Behind the Mask tour, and it was usually you know Dave Prowse, it was Jeremy Bullock, it was like Greedo I think maybe some Paul Blake, people who were you know behind the mask obviously, and I swear his autograph must have been like maybe you know five ten fifteen bucks at the most back then because back then you can get anybody to sign anything for for so cheap and he was I believe. I believe he was actually 
it could have been my first autograph I ever got on my poster, to tell you the truth. All right. Um, so, your memory of Prowse, like, because I've always wanted to get Prowse's autograph, and now, unfortunately, that will never happen. But how did he, like, how did he come off to you? Like, I, a lot of people have described him as a very nice guy, very um, down-to-earth. Did you get that from him? Yeah, he was a very polite man who... I think he just he just enjoyed the the fans and you coming up to him. But I'm sure you're, you're getting into it. But he had a huge like dark history with Lucasfilm or something or or a fallout or something, and that, uh, and that was sad. He did. I am kind of looking. Uh, I know it's not a hundred percent correct, but I am looking at the Wikipedia for David Prowse, and they do kind of mention that in here. And, we will get to it and our feelings about that. Right. Um, I actually did see David Prowse in a documentary um, a couple years ago called I Am Your Father. Have you seen this? I've, I, I, I keep hearing about that, and I've, I think I did maybe, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, the... So, from what I remember about the documentary, because it was on Netflix, and I haven't gone back to see if it's still there. I haven't visited it since I first seen it. Um, They talk about Prowse's life, you know, as a bodybuilder before becoming involved with Star Wars. Um, And then it kind of goes into the falling out that he had with Lucasfilm. Um... Like, like, do you know what really happened? Like, well, out of the deets. It has been stated that Prowse was very terrible at keeping secrets, oh. like for the film. Yeah, um, I think that's it. So yeah. that, and so they were always telling Prowse different things of what was going to happen before, uh, and then they were changing it on him, but. I don't exactly remember what did, did he let it slip that he was he was Luke's father and he told like an interviewer or something or I don't know. All I know is that he 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 was well loved at a lot of conventions back then and then just overnight you you never saw him at a Star Wars convention again. He he did the other ones, like other kind of cons here and there, like sci fi cons, but not an official Star Wars trademarked convention. Okay, I believe. Um, okay, I believe I have something here that it kind of explains some of that blackballing by Lucasfilm. Um, Prowse had commented that he had a dispute with George Lucas because um, Lucas believed he had leaked photos of Darth Vader's death to the press. Oh. Because um, there were a lot of leaks that came out around the time of Return of the Jedi, and a lot of people believed that it was Prowse that had done this. Like, you know, to mention that he, had, he was not good at keeping secrets on, on the state of the film. Right. And this got covered in that documentary, and I think it later turned out that the leaks 
originated from some nameless technician who was working on the films. Uh, what, what did he get blamed for it, though? Prowse? Yes. Huh. So the actions of one guy kind of soured um, Prowse's connection with Lucas and Lucasfilm. Um, in 2007, Prowse was at the first ever Star Wars celebration event outside of the United States. But three years later in 2010... Prowse was banned by Lucas from attending any and all official Star Wars fan conventions. Yeah, yeah. Lucas had reportedly given Prowse no reason other than stating that Prowse had burnt too many bridges between Lucasfilm and himself. So... And that was when? 19, what, 90, would you say? 97 or something? No, that happened in 2010 when he was banned. Oh. So he spent the, the, I guess, 10 years of the, the... End of his life, I guess, you know, just going to little firehouse conventions or whatnot, you know. That's a and, shame. And, you know, that kind of, it, it pains me. Um, I follow George Lucas on Twitter, mm-hmm. and he shared a picture of Faust last night and said, farewell, old friend. Yeah, he, and he, it, he fucked you know, And, you know... If, you know, for part of me was happy, you know, for even acknowledging, you know, was part of me was happy that George Lucas even acknowledged his passing. Right. But I did kind of get on there, and I didn't mean this in a bad way, but I kind of got on there under Lucas's post and said, I do hope that you two had kind of made peace before he passed. Right. Because if they didn't, then that's, I hope that haunts Lucas for the rest of the rest of his life because damn right Prowse really did get blackballed i think well what, what's funny I, is that is that Prowse was blackballed and the guy who voiced him had black balls isn't that weird oh my Oof. <laughs> what am i wrong like james Earl jones had had black testicles right i'm assuming i never looked at a black man's balls but i would assume that is their color well, you know, yeah. If if you see a black man, you're you're assuming that the whole body is, you know, matches. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they did paint George Lucas all blue for his uh, role in the prequels. I mean, see? so yes, he, he he already he showed did, up on the set with blue balls, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'll it's, take it's, your word for it. <laughs> I'm assuming, you know. Yes. I, I'm just, I'm just going on a limb, you know. Same thing. James Earl Jones has some darker balls than I do. That's that. That's all I'm saying. You know, I love James Earl Jones. Oh, so um, do I. Oh God. Yeah. You know, James Earl Jones. I believe the credit that is due that brought Darth Vader to life is it's a fifty-fifty split between James Earl who didn't even want to be credited in the original movie because he thought the movie was going to be a terrible flop. Mm-hmm. And David Prowse, because James Earl bought the voice, Prowse bought the physical imposingness of Vader. Absolutely. Because when you watch the movies, Vader towers above everybody. He towers oh, above yeah. Tarkin. He towers above Leia. His own soul, his own stormtroopers. He 
just has that imposing presence. Well, I think he was like, was he like six foot six? I think Prowse, and he was he was a big ass dude. And and you're right, he he walked in the room like I, I think I always heard like when they filmed the New Hope and all that he really did all the voice. He he spoke all the lines, whatever, and he had no idea that his that lines he was going to be. Out. He had no idea he was going to be um. Dubbed. What's that term called? Yeah, dubbed. Yeah, yeah. He had no idea, so he would say, you know, he would talk and and not knowing James Earl Jones with his black balls are going to take over and do all the words, you know, the dialogue for him. I think another thing that kind of irked Prowse, um, y- you know, you think that it would have been Prowse that was going to be unmasked at the end of Return of the Jedi when Luke takes off the helmet. Yeah. And instead they got Sebastian Shaw. And then they didn't even use... Prowse for the Anakin Skywalker, they still use Sebastian Shaw. Yeah. So, I could understand how... How, how Prowse felt, I guess, after all these years. and You know, maybe he, 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 was was ju- he was just kind of the unnamed, you know, obviously he was named, but, you know, people never really got to see his face attached to Darth Vader. It was... James Earl with the voice, and then when we finally do get to see Vader's face in the original trilogy, it's not his. So I guess you could understand some of, you know, his irkness, but I don't think I don't think that Prowse ever really, you know, held anything against Star Wars itself or the fans, because he was very active. Um with the fans uh, up until he passed. So yeah, if, he was if thing, anything, I think, before, I think when he, he couldn't, um, he couldn't, what's it, I guess tour is a good word. He couldn't go around and do uh, conventions. He still continued, I think to do signings from it from home. Like he, you would mail in something or whatever, and he would do signings from his house. So he was still taking care of the fans. If he didn't, if he never had a Dave Prowse autograph, he could still mail one to him and and request one. You know. Yeah, I think the only way I'll be able to get an autograph of his now is if I dish out a money to one on online. Yeah. Cause... And I I think too now I don't I don't I never knew the man personally, but rumor has it and stories show and everything that you that you see. Is that when he when he signed an autograph, he he put down Dave Prowse is Darth Vader. That's his way of saying fuck James Earl Jones, fuck everything you guys know about him. But I am personally, I am Darth Vader. So that's why he would put the word "is Darth Vader" under every autograph. Well, and I mean, you know, technically he's not wrong. I mean, when you stop and think about it, James Earl Jones only provided the voice. Right. And a voice, you know, yeah, Vader wore a mask, but a voice can only take a character so far. If you didn't have Prowse or any other, like, tall actor that could have brought that imposing presence, doing the mannerisms, the hand movements, the way he walked, you know, Vader could have very ended up being a forgettable villain. Yeah, I I agree with that. So... I don't think it's wrong that David Prowse says that he's the Darth Vader, mm-hmm. you know, and I know they put Hayden Christensen in the suit for episode three, but 
these. So I do believe um, we do. I do have some. Uh, I do have some uh, tweets here from Star Wars alumni. Oh, yeah. Who, I read some of those um, the other day. Yeah, read them. From Vader's son, Mark Hamill, we have. So sad to hear David Prowse's past. He was a kind man and much more than Darth Vader. Actor, husband, father, member of the Order of the British Empire, three-time British weightlifting champion, and safety icon of the Green Cross Code Man. He loved his fans as much as they loved him. Rest in peace. I, I agree with that. He, he did love his fans. I do agree with that. Um, Billy D. Williams, who played... Uh, Lando Calrissian in Empire Jedi and later on in Rise of Skywalker. Incredibly had, sad to hear David Prowse's past. It was a great gift to work with him and an honor to call him my friend. Carl, nice. Weather, Carl Weathers said, rest in peace, David Prowse. That statue contributed so much to Darth Vader's legend. Um, Rosario Dawson, who, and we'll get into this in a bit when we discuss Mandalorian, um, but for those of you who don't know, Rosario, was there, how do you pronounce her name? Rosario Dawson, Rosario? I think Rosario is how I always say it. Rosario Dawson, who has just been, who just, uh, debuted as the live action Ahsoka Tano on The Mandalorian, she wrote... Rest in power, David Prowse. The force is with you, and your loved ones always has been, always will be. That's nice. Um, and the last person that I can, that it shows up on here that said something. Obviously, I said, I already mentioned George Lucas's. Um, William Shatner said something. Ooh, what did the chat uh, say? And for those, I mean, anyone young and don't know, William Shatner is famous as uh, Captain James T. Cook on the original Star Trek TV show. Um, and also, a mask of his likeness contributed to the Michael Myers mask for, Hall- for the original Halloween. That's correct. So, Shatner says, saddened to wake up to the news that my Twitter friend David Prowse passed away. David, a little old giant among men, played many roles in his career. His most famous role was being the misunderstood father who tried to give the universe to his very disobedient twins. Hashtag Darth Vader. I actually love that one. That was pretty good. Did you see what what Ian Ian McDermott tweeted something too, I think? Uh, That's because I'm on uh, cinemablend.com. I'm not, right. So, uh, what did uh, what did Ian McDermott say? He says something like, "That's what you get for throwing me down the fucking chute." <laughs> <laughs> I I thought that was rude that he would say such a thing, but and then after that, he said, that that that, and he and said, "Good." That's what it said. Uh. Good old palp. Evil Good until old the end. <laughs> so, obviously, um, losing David Prowse over these past, you know, is a, 
we've lost quite a few Star Wars alumni the past well, couple years. That's this is what's weird. There's a photo going around of um, yeah, we lost we lost Vader, Leia, R two, shit, and Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Yeah, so the only people left is like Harrison, Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, and I guess Lando are like are like the. The, the other half of the you know main team I guess yeah when you th- when you think of um Star Wars you think of you know you think of Harrison Ford you think of Hamill Fisher Prowse um Anthony Daniels Kenny Baker uh Peter Mayhew and I have seen that photo. Are you talking about the one where the ones who have passed have been turned into force ghosts? Yeah, the four of them are all force ghosts, and then there's there's Harrison and uh, and Hamill there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I know when I heard the news yesterday and saw that, that kind of like punched me right in the gut. Well, how did you hear about the news? Because I, I I have a story of how I, I found out. But how did you how did you, did you wake up on your phone and see it, or did someone tell you? Yeah, I got on my phone and somebody shared a picture of Darth Vader and said, you know, Mr. Prowse will always be remembered. And I uh. thought to myself, I was like, I kind of like double, t- I did a double take. I was like, what? So I, and at first I was getting concerned because I had, I started like fast scrolling down my Facebook and yeah. it was like normally when 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 a celebrity dies, there's just a whole bunch of Everyone's news posting. articles, yeah, and memories of it, yeah. And I saw nothing for Prowse, and I was getting pissed. I was like, "What's going on?" So then I looked up David Prowse, and ABC News had shared something. A lot of the comic and Star Wars site shite, uh, sites had shared it. Um, I think a couple news stations shared it, but uh. Yeah, and then I had to go into work yesterday, so that kind of put a damper on my day at work. That sucks. Because <laughs> we'll get into it when we talk about the Beto character himself. Um, but David Prowse, to me, and always will be Darth Vader. And James O'Jones will just be the man who brought that imposing... Like I said, it's 50-50. They both deserve right. credit for bringing this larger-than-life character to life. Well, it's weird because I think we, um, the guys and I recorded some, some Swick Saturday night. And maybe we got done around, like, I don't know, 11, 11.30, whatever it was. Then I woke up Sunday morning, and Matt was the one at 2.07 in the morning sent, a, like, a link Saying Dave Prowse, Darth Vader, actor and Green Green Cross Code Man dies age eighty five, and then he wrote, "Looks like it happened just after we recorded." So that's how I found out. I found out from an actual buddy rather than. Then I went on the phone and boom, every fucking post was um in memory of Dave Prowse and shit and all you know. And I was like, oh no, and I was like, it's it's just bummed out and all you know that that your that your childhood you know one by one just going. You know, I do have kind of some, something to kind of only compound the sadness of this, but I tried to find a silver lining. Um, I had a friend who passed away a couple months ago. Her name was Ashley. 
Oh, I'm sorry. She man. uh she passed away along with her unborn son. Oh, jeez. But she was a very big Star Wars fan. She was a huge Star Wars fan, and we would talk at times. I. I'm trying to remember who she said her favorite character was. I can't, but I was telling her mine was Vader. So yesterday, what I didn't realize, but yesterday was Ashley's 30th birthday as Mm. well. Yeah. So It's heartbreaking. I was talking to her mom, and I ended up mentioning that, you know, remembering Ashley today, and I mentioned that David Prowse, you know, Darth Vader died, and I said... I think Heaven is about to get their first Angel Jedi because I know she was up there just asking him to show her the ways of the Force. Oh, I can see that. That's 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 sweet. So, so okay, moving on. Before we get too uh, uh, sobby here, um, okay. So. Talked a bit about Prowse. Now we're going to... I mean, we're just going to uh, kind of give the listeners a rundown of the Star Wars that we know. Um, we'll try to keep out, like, obviously the Legends stuff. I know you guys talk about the canon and then Legends a bit on your show. Um, so, night, so, the Star Wars saga. Correct. Nine yeah. movies. Um three very successful TV shows, in my opinion. Um, And then we also had the two, like, spinoff movies as well. Um, Out of whole, Chris, what do you think, from where Star Wars began when you were a kid, how do you feel about where it's gone? Like, do you like some of the, like, how, how do you feel about most of it now? Well, all right. I was I was born in a farm. No, I was born in 1973. So the first one came out in 77. So that was like around four or five years old when I saw it and hooked me immediately. Empire 80, you know, 80 and 83 with Jedi. Loved them to a death. The prequels, I was excited as hell to go see. I thought they were good. I enjoyed them. They weren't my Star Wars, but I still liked them. I, I like, you know, Darth Maul. I like the pod racing thing i think i think attack of the clones is, is the worst one of the prequels i love sith the whole ending the battle between obi and anakin then they do these new disney ones which i my favorite one out of those three is the force awakens probably because of, of that han was back i really had no idea that he was that he was like really gonna be in it and then all of a sudden when you see that first fucking trailer it's like i was crying for two weeks straight um I enjoy them. I enjoy pieces and parts. They're not really the three that I grew up with, which I have all the figures and toys. Like that's what I fell in love with. But I do like where it's going. Mandalorian, I think, is is phenomenal. I'm having a blast watching that. I enjoyed Solo. I enjoyed Rogue One. Like I don't really hate. Like I hate maybe pieces and parts, but I don't really hate anything as a whole. I know, I know. You've mentioned that. I remember back when you guys did the uh, four-part episode, the four-episode series of "Who Hates Who" in the Star Wars Galaxy, and you, you know, you picked Jawauza, but even you couldn't say I hate this guy. You just said I. You were like, he's just dumb. Why is he here? Like, why did Lucas 
yeah. feel he needed to be included. Yeah, there's sometimes they 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 redo something. The Ewoks blinking, or the whole Han, you know, moved because he was shot, you know, after Greta. Last stuff I don't agree with, but I still love Star Wars. You know, I, I love everything. I love everything about it. I I know nothing, and I, I put it out there on the table. I know nothing about the books or the comics. Like I don't really you, never did that stuff. And you know what? I'll get this out of the way. I don't really go. I haven't read the old star wars books or comics um i have read star wars novels ones that like catch my attention right um i did read one called bloodlines that came out a couple of years ago it's kind of like it takes place after return of the jedi yeah i think the biggest thing to remember about bloodlines is that's where the galaxy actually learns that darth vader is the father of luke skywalker and Leia Organa because it's kind of like brought out without their permission. Uh, okay. Um, that's kind of has a big part on the book. Um, I have I have gone back and read Death Troopers and Red Harvest. Um, I would say when it comes to the legends, I would say the only thing um, that I've kind of read and actually enjoyed it was a uh, several. I forgot how many books are in the series, but it was called Legacy of the Force. Okay. And it concerned, like, it was kind of a story of how Leia and Han's one son, uh, what was it, Jan Solo? It was one of the male Solo it wasn't like, kids. Yeah, I remember. It would, I, became I Darth Cadence. Oh. And Boba Fett makes an appearance. I actually have all the ha, I actually have all the books on audiobook, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that, um, that's pretty cool. But so I was born in 1999. 99. But I was, <laughs> not 1994. Oh shit! Oh god! <laughs> Why the fuck did I say that? I was born in 1994. So wait a minute. So were you born before or after Phantom Menace came out? No, I was born long before Phantom Menace was even thought. Um, I was born September 1994. Uh, so uh, I thought you said 99. Obviously, yeah, I goofed. Oh, okay. You don't know what year you're born. Go ahead. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was born 94, long after the original trilogy had come out. Yeah, but, but you were born at the perfect my, time. But my mom... You know, even at an early age, you know, because my dad was a Star Wars fan. Right. My mom, my mom has, you know, liked Star Wars. I think she's always kind of been more of a Yoda person. That's really what she holds on to with Star Wars is Yoda. Um. So, even you know, by the time I was two, three years old, Star Wars was my thing. Right. Um, my mom was buying me toys. My mom was doing two things. She was buying. My mom worked at Toys R Us at the time. She was buying oh, toys for me score, to play with. Man. My mom was buying me toys to play with, and then she was buying me the power of the Force figures and putting them in giant bags so that I could one day sell them and make money. Wow. Well, spoiler, spoiler alert! At some point, I opened them, and I've gone back and looked at the prices of those toys. They really yeah. have not gone up much in value, so no. I would not have gotten a lot out of them. Anything that's not vintage or 
doesn't really go up much. It has to be from the 70s and 80s, and that's about it. You know, everything now, it's like... I'm sure same. given another 50 years and those power, the force figures will be worth something, but... I don't know. I, I, I just... You know why? Because I think back then, there was hardly any made, so it is hard to find shit. But then later on in life, they make so many of them. Everyone fucking has a Jar Jar Binks action figure. It's like, you know, there's so many of these things out there now, and, and nobody... Everyone wants the, wants the original shit. That's that's what we actually we just did a, a recording the other night, and one of the at the end we did a you know we always do trivia around whatever. Dave found found this awesome thing. He was asking us asking us how much these figures or or the Falcon or the Land Speeder ships originally cost back in nineteen like seventy seven or nineteen eighty or eighty three like how much it was and it's fucking mind blowing. I could have bought like 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 ten of each thing back in the day and stored nine of it. You know what I mean? Well, I I have um. There's a place not far from me in Port Huron, Michigan, called the Prop Shop. Um, the guy that owns it, they make their own costumes and everything. Right. But he also sells. He buys, sells, and trades vintage and like collectible, you know, figures and uh, toys. And his store has everything. I'll actually send you pictures next time I go in there. But he yeah, has everything. He has everything from Batman to Marvel, G.I. Joe, Ninja Turtles, Star Wars, McFarlane's, horror movie figures. Which is where, you know, it was from the prop shop where I got my uh, animatronic Crypt Keeper. Oh, that's um, very cool. Yeah, you remember the animatronic Crypt Keeper that they had in Spencer's? Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, that's what I bought from. Seven hundred bucks for that thing. Jesus, fuck! And it, and it was worth every penny. It it better came with what's the guy John John Cassiter or what was the guy who voiced him back then? John Cassiter. John, Ka- John Kaiser. Kaiser. Kaiser Cassiel. Freak freaking a for seven hundred bucks. You better give me a hand job every Halloween. You know. <laughs> Um, but he's got some Darth Vader stuff in there, and he's also got a lot of, like, from vintage Star Wars to Power of the Force to some Episode 1 figures, and his prices, you know, are not outlandish. Some of them are decent. Some of them, I think, like, he's got 30 bucks marked down on, uh, he's got 30 bucks marked on a Darth Vader TIE Interceptor toy. Um... Yeah, and you know it's kind of funny because I've been decking my apartment to look like Halloween all year round. But I think with Prowse's passing, I think I'm gonna also put a lot of money towards Vader stuff because. Yeah, that'll, you know. that'll be in, in in honor of Dave Prowse. I mean, he's he's there's I think I saw something. He's like the most uh, Vader's like most iconic movie villain of all time. I think. He is to me, at least. Yeah, like, who else is there? I don't know. Well, I'll get into it when we actually talk about um, Beta and, like, the impact he has on us. But, so, so 94, by the time I was three, you know, I was getting the toys. um, And then Episode 1 came out. And Episode 1 was the first Star Wars movie that I saw at when it came out to theaters. And I actually didn't go to an in-movie theater. I went to the drive-in with my mom. 
So that's going to be one that's of my nice. biggest memories. My biggest memory was I was five years old. My mom surprises me, says, I'm taking you to the drive-in tonight. There's a new movie coming out. And we get there, and it is Star Wars The Phantom Menace. And that's cool. that is going to be one of my lasting memories from my childhood was going to the drive-in to see that. Um, and I'm going to be honest. I am, Like I said, I'm a child of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and, you know, there's a lot of people who are older than me who dislike, you know, the prequels for stuff like Jar Jar and the politics and stuff like that. And, you know, I was the age that Lucas was aiming for when he created Jar Jar Binks. Of course, yeah. So, so one of my biggest disconnects with older Star Wars fans is I love Jar Jar Binks. I don't hate him. I, he's one of my favorite characters. He's one of my mom's favorite characters. Um, obviously, I can go back and watch Phantom Medicine, like, if I watch the old VHS tape and be like, ooh, that animation just does not hold up. That CGI does not hold up on tape. Right, yeah. But, but you know, I, I don't have a lot of problems with prequels that most older fans do. Um, I would say if I did have a least favorite out of the three prequels, it probably would be Attack of the Clones. Solely because it takes so long to get to most of the action in that movie. I- I agree. It's it's more politics and everything. It, yeah, I think two is the worst prequel out and, there. And I'll say this just because I don't really get to say this much, but I am going to defend the politics of the prequels because mostly, you know, people always uh, complain about the politics of the prequels, and I, I'm up, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, it makes sense. We are witnessing the political decay of the old republic. We are witnessing the corruption, the political infighting that led to Palpatine being able to take power and create the Empire. So the politics of the prequels have always made sense to me, whereas other people just kind of, who cares about politics and Star Wars? Well, that's my take on it. So the politics don't bother me. I think think my biggest problem with Episode 2 is kind of more of the... uh, I just don't care to see, you know, Christian Haydenson trying to, like, surf on a giant Nabooian, whatever the hell that thing was. It was like a cross between buffalo and pig when him and Padme are lying out in the field. having a Yeah, they, they were on top of those gigantic testicles, those hairy testicle animals running around falling in love. Now, I will admit that my favorite, this is probably where Padme really, really, this is probably why I was really into Padme, though, with episode two, because she had that black dress on yeah. by the fireplace. Yeah. I was like, I was like. Yeah, but hold on. How old were you when that came out? Episode um, two. Okay, Eight? so I was five when, I was five when Phantom Menace came out. I was seven years old in 2001. I only remember that because, my, like I said, my birthday is, is in September. And what was the biggest event of September 2001? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
we won't really say it, but it was that event. But and you then, were young though for for an attack of the clones came out, weren't you? I was eight years old, but you know, even at eight, eight I was starting to find my interest in women, and oh I was goodness. trying to get, I was trying to get sneak peeks at boobies and stuff like that. So, so you were eight years old, getting a little tiny uh, lightsaber erect when you saw Padme. Even though my favorite Padme of Attack of the Clones is when they're in the G- G- Geonosian battle arena scene. And half of the thing is whipped away. And that white shirt tummy. that's half. And you see the and the cuts in the back. And you see her back and her spine and her belly. Bring me some tissues. I'm ready. <laughs> well. But I was, you know, in my 20s or 30s or whatever it was. You know, I, I was an eight years old, you know, looking at boobies or some kind of pervert. Yeah, but, you know, at eight years old, you know, I was going back and watching because my favorite of the original trilogy is Jedi. And I just used to love looking at Carrie Fisher in that Slave Leia outfit. I can't argue that. I cannot argue that one bit. I used to actually make my Han Solo toy and my Slave Leia toy make out when my mom wasn't around. So you can see where my mind was at eight years old. Did they ever leak 69 or anything, or from behind at all, or no? Or just ordinary? Uh, well, obviously, you remember how bad the articulation was on those old Power of the Force figures. Yeah, It was just really yeah. stiff plastic. Mm-hmm. Even the clothes, like the loose clothing, was stiff plastic. You couldn't really move their bodies much, yeah. So I just kind of took one of my Han Solo fours, lifted up Leia's uh, slave Leia skirt, and just shoved his head under there like he was uh, going to town on her. Oh, my God. Goodness. Did you ever put Slave Leia on your penis, ever? No. I was not that weird. Are you going to do it tonight? <laughs> no. Okay. I don't I mean, think if, I'm going to do that. Oh, but you said you I don't mean, think, but I think if you have the opportunity and you're bored. No, I, I don't think. I think I've well matured for that now. Well, then I'll put mine I, away then. Okay. <laughs> I mean, let's just put it like this. At eight years old, I was making two of my action figures make out where other eight-year-old kids were probably fucking their teddy bears. This is true. I can, okay, all right. I, I see we're going with this. Yes, and that, no. But, uh, so, I did not get to see episode two or three in theaters, unfortunately. Oh. Um... I did see it when they came out on DVD. Episode 3, I really liked it. Um, I think my favorite thing about Episode 3 was, of course, you know, seeing Darth Vader, the rise of Vader. But yeah. I think what, I think, you know, and this is going to shock you because, like, you know, I'm going to get to it. Vader's my favorite villain, but... When when I was seeing the stuff for episode three, it wasn't Vader I was more interested in seeing. I wanted to see what General Grievous was. Oh uh, yeah, yeah they they teased it with that cool character, and he really didn't last long at all, you know. Although he's in the cartoons a lot, I guess too. Well, yeah, I mean, so was Darth Maul because Darth Maul only had a bit and yeah. Phantom Menace, and this and you know true. I think that is probably the weakest thing of that is probably the weakest thing to me of the prequels. Whereas at the oh, with the original trilogy, you had a strong central villain. 
you had Vader before we got to the Emperor. The Emperor was always mentioned, but we had a strong central villain in Vader. Right. In the prequels, we had villains, but we didn't get to spend a lot of time with them to really, you know, care about them that much. Yeah, you know, Darth Maul had a double-bladed lightsaber. That was cool. Uh, Count Dooku was Christopher Lee, and yay, Christopher Lee's in Star Wars. General Grievous can split his arms into four and fight with four lightsabers. But we didn't get a central villain that I think what they could have done was have a central villain be working with Chancellor Palpatine, and then that central villain is killed by Anakin, so Anakin could have taken his place as Darth Vader. That, I think, probably could have helped the villain aspect of the prequels more. Right, right. But I don't look down on what we got because, you know, I enjoy it. So, you know, obviously after episode three, Star Wars went a long time without kind of like in the shadows. There wasn't a whole lot going on with it. And then in 2008, we got the Clone Wars movie, which then spun off the TV series. Um... And, you know, I I think by this point, you know, I was at that age where I was too old for cartoons. Yeah, right, right. But it was still Star Wars, though, so I'm sure you you checked it out, though, right? Oh, yeah. That's where I'm going with this. It was, like, if I had, like, I have nostalgic connections to a lot of things. So even if there's something that's not made for my age anymore, I will still watch it. So I went and watched... All the seasons of Clone Wars. Um, I've gone back and I've watched all the seasons of Rebels. Um, I've tried to keep up as best as I could on anything media-wise put out for Star Wars. Um, and You know, it's not just Star Wars, you know. I grew up, I was a big fan of the old Ninja Turtle movies. You know, the uh, original, yeah. uh, the, the three movies from the 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, in two, you know, from 2003, I used to watch the, the Ninja Turtles ca- cartoon that came out in 2003. Lasted till about 2007. I've even gone back and watched the uh, Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles that they put out, the first one. Not that new one they got right now. Yeah, the new one now. I remember me and my son in Luke, and he's he was he's a huge Turtles fan, and we watched the Nickelodeon Turtles like constantly. Um, yeah, you know, you you know which uh, Nickelodeon Turtles I'm talking about, right? The one where they made Karai the daughter of Splinter. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I actually liked that. You see, cause I, you know, maybe I don't have that much of emotional connection to the Turtles, but for me. You know, it doesn't matter to me which backstory they use for Splinter. He was a rat that was mutated or he was a human human that became a rat. Either one works for me. True. So so I've gone back and watched most of the Turtle stuff, you know, even though they're not meant for my age. And I've enjoyed them and loved them tremendously. You know, I go back and watch old Disney series that I grew up on, like Kim Possible and the Lilo and Stitch show and everything 
some of this newest stuff that they put out now for kids, yeah, I won't watch it because I just don't. Most is mostly a design point. I don't like the design of these new cartoons. Everyone's all bubbly and shit. Yeah, it's all yeah, it's all. It's not not how it was and all. You know, they they keep pounding out the ones that are bubbly and just like ah, I don't want to see this. So. 2017 rolls around and you know at this point you know i haven't forgotten star wars but i'm just not you know i think star wars is done you know Mm -hmm. you know they mentioned uh what was it two was it 2012 or 13 that lucas sold star wars to disney um i don't i want to say 12 i'm i i I do remember this so excuse me we had a huge Hurricane or something that that, that weekend, and Wasn't I remember Hurricane Sandy. I think it was Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I remember not we had no power for I like almost a week. The only thing that we had was our phones, but sometimes we couldn't charge because we had no fucking electricity. The friend's house or, or whatnot. And I think he sold it. I remember that it all happened the weekend where I had no power to go on the computer or anything to see what was going on. So I had to keep on hearing it from other people texting me or whatnot. And all. Yeah. And for what? For how much? Was it like four point two billion or something like that? Yes, he got, he became a very rich man out of selling this property. Yeah. I mean, he probably made more money selling it to Disney than throughout his entire career just making the property. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was I had mixed feelings at first because. Obviously, like I said, I am a Disney fan. I like Disney. I like some of their old stuff. I like their new stuff. But I was also concerned because I wasn't sure. I can't tell you the exact moment when I was like, oh, shit, is this a good idea? When Disney went and he completely erased the legends, said. Yeah, and a lot of people are. Everything after Return of the Jedi is no longer canon. We're. We're getting it done. We're going to make our own story. And I was mm-hmm. like, ooh. Because didn't like Chewbacca die in the comics? Like everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything that everyone was, was liking and loving for all those years to like keep Star Wars still fresh in their mind is, is gone now in memory. And some people like that shit more than in the movies or whatnot, you know? And I will concede, you know, Disney has. You know, they haven't completely, like, said, screw the Legends. They have brought a lot of Legends lore into their new continuity. This is true. You know? like, like, like Mandalorian's bringing back some of shit that was from the books and, and whatnot. And it's, like, making fans the, happy. Yep, the, uh, like, Sith Troopers or something like that. Yeah, and, and, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rebels brought back Grand Admiral Thrawn, who I do know is a very beloved character in Star Wars. People love him, yeah. Um, so, it's not all bad, but I guess my expectations when Disney bought it, I guess I can understand how the older fans felt with the prequels. Yeah. Because... It's not your Star Wars kind of thing, right? I guess. Well, so, The Force Awakens comes around, and I watch it, and I really enjoyed it. I have seen 
all the sequel Star Wars movies in theaters. Okay. And, you know, I enjoyed it. I was like, you know what? This isn't too bad. They're obviously trying to... Um, I would... I was absolutely devastated when they killed Han Solo in Force Awakens. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that... I'm, <clears throat> I remember... I think... My son well, Han and I, Solo is your biggest fav- is like your favorite character, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, Han Solo is my favorite character in, in Star Wars movies. Um, when my son and I went to when we actually went to a some kind of marathon that showed Star Wars Empire and Jedi, followed by The Force Awakens. Actually, no, dumbass. It was all of them. It was the prequels. Yeah, we watched the, the uh, prequels and everything. It was like a twenty-four hour marathon overnight or whatever, and. I remember when Force Wagons came on, I was so excited, so excited, so excited. But then when Han went out on the bridge to talk to Kylo Ren, I just like I knew I was like something's gonna happen here, and I I get ready, I got ready for it. But man, when that when he when it happened, I was just I was crushed. Like a part of my childhood just like just died, and I saw it happen. <laughs> and you know I can't blame Disney too much for that choice because it is. It's it's public knowledge that Harrison Ford did want to kill Han off in Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. to give arc to his character. So this was probably the only stipulation he had to come back. And and mm-hmm. he made sure he's not coming back ever again because he was fucking stabbed with a lightsaber. He fucking fell off the bridge into a fucking pit or a hole and the fucking planet blew up. You know, so he's he's dead three times. You know what I mean? I mean, he he does he does appear at, in his in to his son as a memory in Rise of Skywalker. So, wonder how much they had to convince him to come back for that. Well, but. that was a surprise too. Remember when I saw that? And as soon as I, as soon as he was uh, Kylo was at the end of the whatever the the, the pier the water whatever was there, and I hear "Hey, kid!" and I'm like, "Oh my god!" I was I was because I, I love the fact that I didn't know I did, I wasn't spoiled. I didn't see it on the internet or, or Facebook or whatever. I loved going in there and being surprised from that because that made that made everything better. I, I guess for the Force Awakens when he when, when he died, you know what I mean. I was I was happy. But now, then let me ask you this though: Did you think like there's always talks that did was Han Solo? Did he think of Han Solo, his dad, or did Leia force Ghost whatever Han to help Ben? Like. Leia called out to Han in the Force and yeah. asked him to uh, yeah. try to redeem their son. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I never thought of it that way. I always kind of took it as because even you know Kylo even says it says you're just a memory. Mm-hmm. And like, he looks memory? at him and and he looks at him and he says, "I'm your memory." So. I kind of always took it that the memory of his father, the sacrifice of his mother, you know, it all just, it finally just weighed down on Ben just enough to redeem him. And you know what? I'll get to, I'll get to my thoughts on that whole thing when we get there. Um, So, you know, when Force Awakens came out, a lot of people complained and griped that, it was that you know that Disney was just kind of recreating the original trilogy, 
the first Death Star attack, the attack right. on Star Killer Base. Days, it's all like a New Hope is like Force Awakens is like a mirror image of a New Hope and shit. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I didn't see it in theaters, but you go back watch it. Yeah, I can see that. And then you know, I kind of see a little bit of uh, Empire and Jedi when we get to the Last Jedi. You yeah. Know, Vader brought Luke to the Emperor. You got Ren bringing uh, Rey to Snoke. Um, now, when I what I said about my expectations was, I was not thinking that Luke Skywalker was going to try to rebuild the Jedi Order, get his ass handed to him by his nephew. And then completely yeah. chicken out and hide on an island for so many odd years. I was like, yeah, that was it, kind of the disappointment. When like I think for me it was when I think that's why I preferred the legends. You know, Luke did rebuild the Jedi. He was the Grand Jedi Master. He married, you know, Mara Jade, who was Palpatine's former Black Hand, and they had a son together. You know, I at least wanted a bit of a happy ending, even if there were more challenges for them to face. A happy ending, you know, for everything that they had gone through. And someone at Disney did not like that, so. Well, I I think when when he... When Ray hands Luke the lightsaber and he threw it behind him, that's where I was Yeah, I was like... I was like, what the hell? Yeah, I was crushed. Like, like I didn't understand that at all. Um, now, I know Mark Hamill, you know, originally defended his character's portrayal, but he has kind of come out and said, yeah, I didn't like how Luke was portrayed yeah. in Last Jedi. And, you know, I can agree with that because I was mm-hmm. just not, you know, that's... It's not the Luke Skywalker... Who we knew and, and loved. You and know the worst I mean? part the worst part was they tried to defend it later on when Yoda shows up to Luke and says that he did not heed his wisdom about failure. Yeah. And I was like, that is a, such a lame attempt to try to explain why Luke would become a coward. Yeah. Because it know- just doesn't make it does not make sense to me Mm-mm. that Luke would abandon his sister, right, or Han, or any of them. Any any of his friends and all, you know, for what they all been through together, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, I can't, you know, Ben, I can't train him. I'm going to go hide on his island. It just, it it brought down Luke so much. It was it was sad. Because do you know what really makes me? They they dropped the line in Rise of Skywalker that Luke was searching for the Sith Wayfinder for Exegol. Mm-hmm. So that made me wonder, did Luke kind of sense that Palpatine had returned? He must have. Did Luke have an an idea that the Emperor was not truly dead, that Snoke was just a machination of Palpatine? I think all these Jedis can sense other dead or alive Jedis. You know what I mean? He must have have sensed it or, or smelled it or something, you know? I mean, if you know the Emperor is alive, if you or if you even have a sense that the Emperor is, has returned, you know, 
You don't go hide on an island for so odd years and not tell anybody. Least of all, your sister, who's trying to lead the resistance against the First Order. Right. You go warn people. You go help out people, you know? I mean, you you know what the Emperor's like. You fucking dealt with them. You know what I mean? And, you know, I've tried to revisit The Last Jedi and looked at it as kind of its own movie and not, like, this big grand story arc. Mm-hmm. And I still can't get behind it. It's like, yeah, I don't hate the movie. Me neither. But it's just not... But, you know, I could go... If I was watching the sequel trilogy... I could probably watch Force Awakens and then go straight to um, Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, maybe there's some things you'll miss from Rise of Sky- from Last Jedi going into Rise of Skywalker, but it's like I don't know. I just don't feel like I need to watch it knowing what happens. I can see that seriously. I I, I know exactly what what, you, what you're saying because. I think what really kind of pissed me off was when Luke Skywalker dies and becomes one with the Force, Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, I see what Disney's getting at. They're just trying to kill off the old characters to make way for their new moneymakers. Yeah, they pass down the the baton. to 60-year-old Luke Skywalker is not going to sell toys. But a young woman in you know, robes wrapped all around her body, and, you know, obviously we live in a new day and age, so, you know, we have Finn, we have Poe, we have BB-8, because if you notice, 3PO shows up a lot, but they really cut back R2. R2, yeah, I even think 3PO in some of the, maybe I think two of the new Disney ones was hardly even in it, you know what I mean? They They were just there to remember me kind of thing, you know? Well, it felt like, you know, 3PO, was. they were like, okay, we'll have 3PO, but we have this new cute droid. Mm-hmm. So let's just kind of shove R2 to the side. Yeah, yeah. So. But, but like like you said, sometimes you, you understand for the new era, the new generations of kids and whatnot watching it. That's, that's, that's how I felt about the um, prequels and all. I knew why it had to be done, and I enjoy it, and I like it, and I have a good time watching it, but I don't have to love them more than... than what I grew up with, you know? Honestly, I really felt that if they really wanted to take out Luke Skywalker, they could have at least let him actually physically fight Kylo Ren. Yeah. Make his... Like, they could... Like, you know, Disney was so big on pulling everything back from the original trilogy. Why not have him go physically fight Kylo, and then he does the Obi-Wan Kenobi where he becomes one with the Force. He puts his saber into the air... Kylo strikes him down, but he disappears. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of mind fuck, yeah. mind fuck, mind fuck Kylo Ren the way what Obi Wan did kind of messed with Vader's head. Right, I I, to- I totally agree. Like when he was when he wasn't even there, I thought I, I thought I was robbed almost. Like he it was, so of course no one, the, 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 all the adats couldn't hit him, and you know he wasn't there. It's like of course you know you couldn't kill him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And I want to say off the bat, this is not a knock against Daisy Ridley or John Boyega or Oscar Isaacs. I really do like their characters. Um, I really love Ray. I do love Ray. I do like Ray. My my biggest problem is 
And I think the reasons why the sequel trilogy does not hold up to the expectations of the original trilogy is look at how many years came out in between like Star Wars, Empire, Jedi. There mm-hmm. was like it was like two, three years. Mm-hmm. That gave Lucas time to really, you know, get a rough draft going for where he wanted the story to go. Right. Clean up the script, clean up the dialogue, clean up, you know, plot holes and everything. It wasn't Yeah, there's still plot holes he missed. Right. But, you know, it gave him time to tell a clean story. Mm -hmm. The problem with Disney is I think that because they are this huge company and they think that they have all the money in the world and can do all this, they thought... Let's just get a script going. Let's start shooting so we can still capitalize on this. Well, push them out because they saw what Marvel was doing. So let's try to push them out every couple of months, every couple of years. Let's try to let's try to keep up with Marvel, and they just they but rush there's the problem. But the problem with Marvel is at the same time as Captain America: Civil War is playing in theaters, you know, Doctor Strange or Black Panther or Captain Marvel, uh, like in the writing stages. They got hundreds of people going over the script and cleaning it up and making it good. And, this you know, is true. You know, that like, well, one mo- So, like, okay, they didn't really have a plan for the Avengers when they started out with the first Iron Man, right? Right. I, by the, I, I, by I the think time, they had something going on, but they didn't know where it was going, I they, think. They didn't know where they wanted it to go. But yeah. by the time they got to by the time they got to Iron Man two and Thor, decided okay, let's get Captain America in there, and then we'll hit hit it off with Avengers. Right. So by the time they're done working on Captain America, you know Captain America came out in two thousand eleven. Avengers came out in two thousand twelve. Yeah, right there. So while they had this. And then they were like, okay, so after Avengers, where are we going to take this? So while they're getting Captain America, First Avenger, and the Avengers out there, they've got people working behind the scenes getting, you know, Iron Man 3, Winter Soldier, Thor, uh, Thor The Dark World. Even though that movie's kind of weak, I still yeah. enjoy it. It's okay, but it's not it's not the best story, I want to tell you that. Um... You know, while they're working on Phase 1, they've already got the scripts and everything going for Phase 2 and cleaning it up and polishing right. it. Right. And once as they're almost done with Phase 2, they've got people already working on Phase 3. So it works with the Marvel Universe because you've got a bunch of people working on it, polishing it up before they finally get to the production of the right. film. Star Wars, I don't think they really had that. I don't think Disney fully had an idea where they wanted to go with this new story, you got Force Awakens, and then, what, a year or two later, Last Jedi comes out, and the movie picks up almost immediately after Mm -hmm. The Force Awakens. Yes. I mean, even Empire picks up a few years after A New Hope. Empire, yeah. Absolutely right. So, we don't have this cohesive story, you know... Ray's journey doesn't make as much sense. She starts out as this farm girl, or not even a farm girl, but just a scavenger on Jakku. 
you know, we pick her up in the next movie. She's obviously gained some in power, but, you know, how's that after she just basically just ripped Kylo ass and Kylo a new ass on yeah. Starkiller yeah. Base? This is true. Um, and then, you know, I think they do mention it picks up, what, about a couple, like, was it, a couple months, a year after... Last Jedi is where Rise of Skywalker comes through. It's, I think so. It's not really that much time has passed, but yeah, it's 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 pretty close. Yeah, so like, you know, even Luke, you know, by Empire Luke, you know, he was a Jedi in training, but he still wasn't strong. He had a lot to learn from Yoda. He got his ass handed to him by Vader. Yeah. But when yeah, it picks true. up but when it picks up a year or two later with Return of the Jedi you know, Luke is at this point, you know, ready to be a Jedi Knight. You know, right? He he leads the um, rescue of Han Solo. He single handedly, along with Leia, takes down Jabba the Hutt. Um, at, at this point, you can see that Luke has grown into. You can see that Luke has become the young man, the young Jedi Knight. Like his father, right, right, far from being the farm boy on Tatooine that he was. Yeah, absolutely right. And I think, and like I said, I love Ray, and I really like Daisy Ridley, but I don't think her character was given the same fair treatment to grow into being as powerful. So when she finally gets there to fight Palpatine on Exegol, you know, she's kind of going in half you know, kind of half-cocked. She knows she's a Palpatine, but mm-hmm. she's walking in there with fear, which is the one rule against a Jedi. You don't walk in with fear. Right. Because Yoda even told Luke, you can't go before the Emperor if you're afraid, because he'll exploit that fear. Yeah. So, I like the sequel trilogy, but I do believe that it... Um, I don't think it got the the same fair treatment that, you know, the original trilogy or even prequels got. You know, there's a lot wrong with the prequels. Right. But, you know, at least, you know, Lucas had time to work on those and get a vision going. And the fact yeah. that Disney didn't even bother to even look at Lucas's vision kind of shows that they probably should have put more time to it. And it makes you wonder, like, what if they asked Lucas to help out with these Disney films? Like, what would have been then? You know what I mean? Like, what would have we uh, have seen? Well, that makes me wonder, like, you know, because now that... Because obviously after a lot of the negative backlash, you know, obviously these movies, these sequels have had their fans. But, mm-hmm. you know, Kathleen Kennedy, I believe, stepped down. Is she no longer in charge of, um, of Disney? I believe she stepped down. Let me look it up quickly. I could have... Um, Shit. Okay. Because I, I know that people didn't like her and people wanted her out, but... I mean, I, didn't, I, didn't I had know. nothing against the woman me herself, neither. but I don't... Uh, okay, four months ago, something about Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy stepping down. Wow. 
Um, Star Wars rumor. This was back in July of this year. Star Wars rumor. Disney to ignore but not erase Last Jedi. Okay. Um, her contract, which... Okay, so Kathleen Kennedy wasn't stepping down, but her contract with Lucasfilm will not be renewed. Oh, okay. So it kind of feels like Disney is again going to try to reboot Star Wars, but not they're not going to ignore they're not going to erase the sequel trilogy, but kind of like ignore them. I got which you. I still kind of. It was a slap in the face to, you know, Ray and Oscar Isaac and John Boyega because, you know, I just said, I like those movies. I just think that they have a lot of pacing problems in terms of how the story was written. True. So, not quite sure how I feel about that, you know. I certainly... I certainly hope that they can come up with an idea. Um, did well, you I watch think... the did, did you watch the Lego Holiday Special that that just put I on did. Disney Plus? Did I you did. like it? I thought it was kind of cute. I am a fan of Lego. I love le- the um, Lego video games a lot, and I think these little Lego shorts they do once in a while, even these little specials, they're just fun. They you know they're not canon, they're not legend, they're not they're not anything. They're just. They're just fun to see what they do. I don't know. The website for the the page for the Lego holiday special said that it's uh, canonically set after Rise of Skywalker. So I don't know if if Disney's going to make that canon or not. It would would seem kind of weird because now they've introduced that there's something in the Star Wars universe that basically time travel. Yeah. So anyone could go. Star so Wars never does time time travel. You know what I mean? Like that they they that fucks up everything. And like when he when Vader sees Vader at, on on Hoth, it it's it, it changes everything. You know? <laughs> that that was funny. Did you but see um a- they just released I think someone leaked it. It came out yesterday or, or today that 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 detours. Remember that thing like 10 years ago or whatever Seth Green was did like a cartoon called Detours? An episode I was released. I thought Detours was an old ride or something. No, it, it was like it's like a it's like a comical cartoony kind of thing with, you know, um, caricatures of the characters. And uh, an episode was released yesterday and had Andy Richter was in it as like Zuckus or Forlom. Weird Al was the other bounty hunter. It, it was um, it was fun to watch. Hmm. I've never seen that actually. Yeah, I think I think I think Weird Al Yankovic. If you follow him, I follow him on on Facebook. I think and he's I the, love Weird Al. Oh yeah, he's the one who um posted it and all. So, so yeah, there's you know really all that. I don't know if uh, I don't know what Disney's plan going forward is. Um. Well, all I can say I am, is whatever it is, like the, we're going to watch it. I do like it. The Mandalorian. I do oh, like The Mandalorian's Mandalorian. great. I really am having a good time watching it. Now, I do have a question for you. I, I was actually going to message this 
to you, but since you're here, I'll ask you now. Okay. So, you did watch the newest episode, right? Yes, with the with the server, yes. Okay, I got two questions. Okay. So, she mentions that there's not a whole lot of Jedi left Correct. in the galaxy. Correct. And obviously, the only Jedi that she knew of at the time of Rebels was Ezra after Correct. Kanan died. Mm-hmm. So, and this is a spoiler alert uh, for listeners. Do you think she knows about Luke Skywalker? Do you think she knows that Anakin's son is the the Jedi hero of the Rebellion? I I do. And, and I didn't even think about Ezra. Like, the whole thing where they said take... Grogu, is that his name? Baby Yoda? No. I know. How do you feel about that? Like it's you taken know, me a while to get used to it. It's like I wanted him to be called like maybe Yogu or something with a Y. Yaddle Yoda Yo- Yogu. I was about to say baby yoga. <laughs> something. You know what I mean? The, the, the whole Grogu thing. But when she Call him yogurt. Have a little time to space balls. Yogurt, yeah. It sounds like yogurt. Um <laughs> When she said take him to the Jedi Temple and you know maybe a, a Jedi will will sense him there, feel him there, I thought about Luke immediately because because he's 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 there, he's alive. You know, like this is whatever seven years after Jedi or, or something. Five like, years. Five after years. Jedi. It, it's definitely a possibility that they can cast um, Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier. And play a young Mark Hamill, a young Skywalker. It easily can be done. And that's why I think I think that the Mandalorian season one, the whole Easter egg, like, mind fuck, was Baby Yoda. Oh my god, what is this? That was the whole surprise. And season two, I think if they cast it or had Mark Han- or had Luke Skywalker appear, and the finale would blow your fucking mind. Well, do you know who they uh, some artists have been rendering who could be Luke Skywalker in this uh, in That's the Mandalorian? Stan, the Winter Soldier guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he looks just like him. And I, I, if I'll be they can get him, because you know, last I knew, Sebastian Stan was going to be working on uh, the Falcon Winter Soldier series coming out yeah. next year. Absolutely, they they could easily do it, or they can do a Michael Douglas, Paul uh, Robert Downey. Thing CGI Mark Hamill younger, you know they could just bring him out and CGI all the wrinkles out, you know. See, I'm just, I just don't want them to try to bite off more than they can chew, because you know there's a lot of people who are, because you know we also got to remember that Ahsoka, you know when she interrogates that woman, asks, "Where's your master? Where's Mm -hmm. Admiral Thrawn?" Yeah. So obviously they're still setting up that. Ahsoka is looking for Ezra. Now that begs the question, where is Sabine? Because at the end of Rebels, Sabine and Ahsoka went off together. Right. Um, I'm sure they're going to fill in the blanks over, you know, all the seasons that are, that's going to happen and shit and all. I just, I just hope they don't try to bite off too much at once. Like, like a whole data dump. I hope that they, like, even if we can't get Ezra or Luke, either one of those in this season, Next season, like I can wait a little longer for season three. Yeah, and well, yeah. you know, because I could see Mandalorian going on for a while. I don't know. I I, I don't see. I think like, I'm seeing not going past five seasons. I I seriously don't think it's going to be on 
because it has to be expensive as hell to make. Well, yeah, I, you know, I, I can't imagine they'd go on forever. I mean, obviously they're doing this as to kind of, you know, they're bringing in characters to kind of explain some of the events and parts of the galaxy between episode six and seven. You know, right. The fall of the empire led to chaos throughout the galaxy, especially in like the unknown and the outer rim. So, you know, we're just getting the story of a bounty hunter. Right. But, you know, I do think uh, I'm kind of happy with where it's going right now. And I'm hoping that we do. <laughs> I'm My biggest hope is I hope it explains where Ahsoka goes to, you know, why she never popped up in the uh, sequel trilogy. Absolutely. I want... Just, and they can do anything. Fill in the gaps. They have, like, whatever, 30 years. They have so much shit they could just fill in the gaps here and there that brings everything closer, you know? So, let's get to the discussion of... Uh, Vader? Yes. Okay. You know, this we're dedicating this episode to prowess. Yeah. Um, so... I'll let you start before, because I have a lot to say. So, Darth Vader, you know, in 1990, uh, you said 97 was when the original Star Wars was released? 77. 77? Yeah. Okay, why did I say 97? I'm getting my years all mixed up. This That's okay, cool. 97 is when the special editions came, came back out again. Yeah. I'd probably not even, I don't even want to talk about those. Um, That's another podcast down the road. Yeah. I will say this, though. The the two things I hate about these uh, special editions that Lucas keeps re-editing, I hate that they took out the Yub Nub song in Return of the Jedi. That's the best song. Yeah, I agree. When Vader picks up the Emperor and throws him down that shaft, Mm -hmm. that is such a powerful moment. The music swells. And you kind of get, you know, this sense of the redemption of Anakin. And it really gets ruined in newer cuts of the movie because they added that stupid no. Yeah. They wanted to connect it to the fucking prequels. But they didn't have to. But, you know, the movie's already connected. You know, just by the fact that Star Wars, they didn't need a stupid elongated no just uh well that's what happened oh. with when, when luke you know i am your father and said no it's not true it's impossible no so even he fucking says no like like anakin says it you know but it but the, then there you go that connects it to anakin in the prequels you know that but that you know that no worked for the moment it worked for the shock for the horror that luke that was dawning on luke that this man who he just fought that just took off his hand, who yeah. is leading the Empire, is actually his father. That that works for that moment. The, that was always in every cut of Star Wars I've seen. Vader's no in Return of the Jedi was just kind of copied and pasted in there during one of their, like, different cut, like, whatever Lucas was, like, fiddling with oh well maybe i can improve this no you didn't improve it you fucked it he has so much money and time and you know people working with him he's like well let's try this let's let's have the ewoks blink oh i love it yeah they uh, he had too much time to play with his toys 
I guess, you know, you know. But, you know, Darth Vader, in 77, when he first graced the screen, he walks through, he walks off of his Star Destroyer onto the Tantive Four, looks around at the carnage mm-hmm. before he go. You know, there are several pivotal scenes at the, when we first see him that, that establish him as a serious bad motherfucker. Absolutely. He just yes. he strolls in after the gunfight, looks around, all the soldiers stand at attention. He walks forward. We see him again. He's got the captain of the Tantive Four. He's choking him. He's mm. interrogating him. And as he's interrogating him, he kills him and then flings him against the wall. Yeah. And then when we see him with Leia... And she tries to put up the diplomatic, you know, immunity defense. He raises his voice at her and just yells at the stormtroopers, take her away. Yeah. So this really sets up that Vader is someone important in the Empire. Absolutely. And he carries a lot of... And then, you know, it even goes further when he starts to force choke uh, Marty in the Imperial briefing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... For you, how has Vader impacted you, like, in terms of your love of Star Wars as a child, you know, as a as a cultural icon, where does he stand for you? Way up top, because, of course, he's the most, you know, baddest character on screen that will ever live. And him just being in black, and like, and we said earlier, and the voice on top of it. You just know that that this guy means business, and don't, no pun intended, but don't get on his dark side, you know. <laughs> pun totally intended. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But he's one of the greatest, and you know, and he's Dave Prowse is going to be missed because whenever you 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 see Star Wars, you know, whenever you see Darth Vader, yeah, you know the voice, but now I think people are going to know the actor more. After his passing, than they did when he was alive, and he only gets more badass from there. We see him; he has his own starfighter. When we see him in Empire, you know he's in command. He's literally been given command by the Emperor of the entire, you know, Imperial fleet. Yeah, to hunt down the find Skywalker, and I'll I'll tell you what. One of my favorite scenes in Empire with Vader is him at the beginning. When they go to attack Hoth and Ozzel fucks everything up. Yeah. And he just turns around in his chair, monitor turns on. And this just shows you the type, you know, villain, you know, Vader is, he is the will and command of the Emperor. And that's... Mm-hmm. Issues that they came out with, right. because I have have you do you follow a YouTuber called Star Wars Theory on YouTube? I do not. I don't. I don't follow anybody on YouTube now. He, um, the, the guy behind Star Wars Theory, he looks at these moments in the Star Wars comics and he brings theories on like what the character could be thinking, and he's done a lot on Vader. Oh, that's cool, and. He mentions that throughout the comics, 
the difference in legends and you know canon is that how was Vader presented to the Imperial hierarchy in the beginning days of the Empire? Because you have to stop and think, okay, at this point, the Empire is new, the Jedi haven't deemed traitors, but you got this tall guy in black running around with a lightsaber and using the Force. Right. And he seems to be on good terms with the Emperor. And they, I forgot how it went in the newer in the older uh, legends. Right. But in the newer canon, there, there are some Imperial, like, like people who are high up in the Imperial hierarchy who think Vader is a dangerous influence to the Emperor, not realizing that he is Palpatine's apprentice. Okay. And they, they pay several different assassins to try to kill him. I so guess none, Vader, none, none succeed, I guess, too. Huh? No. <laughs> so Vader kind of investigates and he brings this to the attention of the Emperor and he tells the Emperor, you told me you don't want to you don't want to rule an empire of dead men. But I have no other way to it to assert myself as your right-hand man unless these fuckers get the point. Right. That I'm not just some imperial aide that just can get bumped off for the next one. So the emperor tells him that to gather the imperial high command, the only person who tells him not to kill is talking because the emperor has use for him. This is true, and, yeah. Okay. You know, and obviously talking doesn't get killed because we see him in a new hope right so they bring a couple of uh they they bring like the entire high command together the emperor speaks he says this is my enforcer darth vader what uh my will and my commands are are acted through his and then vader steps forward to speak he calls a couple of Imperial officers forward, explains that there's been several attempts on his life, and then right there in front of, like, probably a couple dozen people, he lifts, with, like, without a flick of his wrist, he, he like, brings all four officers up into the air, levitates them, and chokes them to death. Oh, that's fucking just, awesome. All four of them? Yep. And it just horrifies the entire audience. Wow. So, and obviously, you know, you guys talked about it in your odd in your Ozzo episode. Ozzo doesn't think much of Vader, obviously. Yeah, he thinks nothing, you know, great of him. Yeah. So, this just reestablishes, you know, if if you went in and watched Empire with that knowledge, this reestablishes Vader don't care. He starts. To ch- he doesn't even raise his hand. He just starts choking Ozzel through the force. Yep, he, like, he just, voice chokes him through through Zoom. Yep. He just kind of dismisses him after telling, calling him a failure. And then he promotes Piet right there before Ozzel is fully dead and hits the ground. Yep. That's crazy, man, you know? You know, so... It, it, you know, it just makes you wonder, you know, everything we know about Vader. You know, he killed younglings... Before yeah. he was in the suit. Yeah. And he just 
he kills people left and right. You know, it, it, it's a complex situation. How can this uh, character be redeemed? It, it's hard. But, it's hard to redeem that kind of person. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, you know, you if you could go back in time, you know, in in human history, you know, there's no way you could look at Hitler and be like, could Hitler be redeemed? There's, yeah. there's just no way. Good point. Good point. You know, I, you know, people have asked me that. It's like, could you? Would you kill Hitler as a baby if you went back in time? Yeah. No, that's... I wouldn't. I wouldn't kill baby Hitler. You know what I would probably do? I would take baby Hitler. I would put him in a different place where maybe he could actually become an artist, and maybe we wouldn't have had World War Two or the Holocaust. I wouldn't. I wouldn't kill True. a baby to change the future. But I would definitely act on redeeming Hitler before he ever became the monster he was. I would accidentally put his stroller in the street and just walk away. That's that's what I would have done. Well, I mean, you know, it's really hard to... It would be difficult because you would be looking at a baby and being like, you're about to become one murdering son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, you know... But it's like a baby. I, said, I bet you he was cute at one time. I bet you he, he sucked his binky and it looked adorable. But, I mean, you know, it's like, like what I said, you know, what if you took baby Hitler and put him in an environment that wasn't filled with hate, mm-hmm. you know, and raised him differently, raised him to be a talented artist of that? You know, we probably right. would have a different human history. Absolutely. But, alas, we can't go back in history and... Hitler is what he is to history. Yeah. You're absolutely but, right. Yeah. You know, and I guess this is my dilemma. It, it It's not, I've always liked bad guys in my mm-hmm. media. Okay. And so my history with Star Wars, one of the reasons I love Star Wars ever since I was three years old is Darth Vader. He looked cool. He sounded cool. Oh, he absolutely. had the red lightsaber. Yeah, he had okay. commanded presence. Obviously, you know, when I was three years old, I wasn't thinking that this guy at some point killed a temple full of children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, we see him there on the Death Star when Alderaan's destroyed, so we know he has a hand in that. Yeah, and it, it like, was all kids. Did he just kill two and all, you know? But... You know, we don't think of we don't think that he went to the old Jedi Temple and killed a bunch of kids mm, doing right. doing Order sixty six. Right. Um, I think that does kind of I th- I don't think Lucas kind of realizes how bad that part might hurt the idea of redemption for Anakin. Um, but like Vader has had this impact on me since I was a child, like. I was Darth Vader for Halloween for six years in a row. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I want to get my hands on one of those really authentic Vader costumes. Oh, you know, like, yeah. You know those $600, like, Supreme Edition ones by Ruby? Right, yeah. I, I, if, if, I have, if you could if spend I 700 bucks bu- for tell, a uh, keeper, keeper, I will yeah. get 600 bucks for a Vader costume. I was going to say. It only makes sense, though, you know? I think the only difference is you can find those costumes on online anywhere. Yeah. This Crypt Keeper is so rare 
that $700 was the cheapest I could find him for. Damn. There's a guy in Virginia that has one that wants $1,000. Jesus Christ. There's a guy that has one in the UK that will ship to the United States, but he wants $4,000 for the crypt keeper. Oh, my God. I was like, no. So, and Vader, you know, Darth Vader kind of set the bar for me on villains, you know, as a kid, like, from Cobra Commander to the Shredder, you know, I really liked the Shredder in that 1990 movie. Yeah. You know, he's got... You, you know, and you can see they modeled Shredder in that movie almost like Darth Vader. He's got oh, yeah. the cape, he's, he's got the helmet, he's got the mask there. with the yeah. deep voice. And I think that speaks, you know, I would say Shredder is closer to Darth Vader than, you know, Cobra Commander because Cobra Commander is just kind of shrill and kind of a bitch. Yeah. But... That speaks to the, you know, pop cultural impact that Vader had. You know, if Carrie Fisher was, you know, a young role model for women and, you know, kids were like wanting to be space cowboys as Han Solo or a fighter pilot as Luke Skywalker... You know, I think Beta really kind of set the bar as, like, you know, like, how cool villain is, you know? Right, yeah. Because I think the law of movies is, you know, your villain can only be as good as the hero. Absolutely. If you got a strong hero but a weak villain, like, I mean, look at the James Bond movies, you know, we've had some pretty amazing James Bonds and some weak-ass villains. Yeah, oh, when, yeah. When people talk about Bond villains, there's only three that stick out to me. Uh, Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Femica Jensen's character. Oh, well, uh, on, on top, I think her name was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ernst Blofeld. Yeah, Blofeld. I, I, I think, though, if Jaws and Oddjob are always on my top of my Bond villains, too, on the list. Well, yes, there's obviously them. Um, I guess they're not the the, the big houses. I guess they're not the villains. Villains like yeah. they don't. They're they're kind of like and you know even at some point Jaws, you know he kind of like gets like a heroic moment in a later movie. Yeah, he teams up with Bond, so it's like he's not really a villain. He's just kind of a big doof. I don't know. <laughs> True, and like, and he also likes to pl- watch um, Happy Gilmore play golf. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and I think that with me, you know, whenever I buy something Star Wars, ninety nine percent of the time it's going to have Vader included in it. That's great. Um, obviously, you know, there'll be times I'll buy something that's got like Yoda, Luke Skywalker, Leia. But if it don't have Vader on it, I normally won't buy it because Vader is my, he he has always been and always will be my favorite Star Wars character. 
he is to me what Han Solo is to you. There's that's 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 great. Even even though Han Solo is better, but I understand what you're saying. Yo, <laughs> I understand. We all have our favorites. Some are right. To, to quote that, to to quote Harrison Ford off of Air so- Air Force One. Get off my podcast. <laughs> yeah, that is a great way to end it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, no, Vader is Vader is very important to me, um, and I I do think that the Star Wars fans are far worse off without David Prowess. You know, like you said, we only have a handful of the original trilogy now left. Mm-hmm. It's sad. It's sad for you who loves Vader. You never got got the opportunity to meet the man behind the mask. You know. I mean, yeah. If I if I showed you my apartment, you would think I'm more of a horror movie fan than a Star Wars fan, right? But I mean. If I had autographs of like Michael Myers and Jason, I don't care. I would put Darth Vader's right next to him, even though Star Wars is not a horror movie. But no, but his, that's he's, just that's he's just the impact that Vader had on me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's there's nothing wrong with that, Gordon. Nothing wrong at all, man. And you know, I think it's worth saying that. Um, I think the reason why Vader is my ultimate favorite movie villain, you know, I mean, you see all the stuff that I post, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's always always normally Halloween related. Yes. You're always wearing either Michael, Freddy, or Jason. Yes. The reason why it's, it's Vader and I don't go to bed wearing, you know... Michael Myers pajamas or Jason pajamas. We, we don't really know that, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I did not like horror as a kid. I don't think I got low. I'll, uh, let me split the difference. I like slasher movies. I don't really care for like vampires or werewolves or zombies and stuff like that. That's not right. my horror. Okay. I like slasher movies. But I did not like slasher movies when I was a kid. And I did not like I didn't like slasher movies until I saw Bob Zombie's Halloween. Okay. That's kind of what got me into Michael Myers and all the famous slashers. So that's why Vader you know, you know David Prowse's passing kind of hurts me a lot more. Then, right. you know, we've had a lot of actors that played Jason over the years. Ted White passed away. Richard Booker passed away. They uh, they played Jason in, like, part two and part four. Right, yeah. Um, and I felt sad. Of course. That they passed. You know, I was sad when Betsy Palmer passed away. She was mm-hmm. Mrs. Voorhees. Gunnar Hansen, who played Leatherface in the original Texas Chainsaw, died. Yeah. But I, I, but I didn't sit in the room and just kind of beat myself up for not getting the autographs because, you know, I've only been a slasher fan for maybe five, six years now. 
Okay. But I've always been a Vader Star Wars fan, so right. it does kind of hurt first, a little more. He's your first love, and there's nothing you know. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. And it's it's sad that we, you know, um, this podcast is you know dedicated to Dave Prowse and everything that he did for us, and he'll he'll really never know, you know. What I mean, he won't. He'll he'll never know what he did to to the world, you know, when he was when he was alive. Actually, I think now. I think he knew when he was alive, and I hopefully think that now, you know, being gone, I hope now he can look down and see the people that he touched all at once and be like, I left behind a damn good legacy. That's, that's, uh, that's perfect, Cordell. You said it perfectly right there. And I, and you know, I think that goes for every Star Wars alumni who has passed away. I think, you know, Kenny Baker... Peter Mayhew, um, Carrie Fisher, God rest her soul. Mm-hmm. I think I think they knew what they meant to fans uh, when they were with us. But I think now that they are gone, I think they are able to look at the world as a whole and be like, I think they know how special, I, I would hope they realize how special that they were and how special they are and where they are held in everyone's hearts. I agree. I, I totally agree. So, I think that is where we will end this. If you wish to get a hold of the podcast, you can email me at www.cinecultpodcast1978 at gmail.com. Um, go at, I would... I highly recommend the listeners to go check out um, Chris's podcast at um, Star Wars and Character at neozaz.com. That is, um, that's correct. You're correct. They they uh, talk about Star Wars characters. They talk about maybe like the fifth stormtrooper on the left. That's the one we talk about. His name's Roger. <laughs> um, I know you guys have covered the Cantina band members. Um, or not the band members, but you covered a lot of members of the Cantina. Yeah, the Cantina. Members of Jabba's Palace. Jabba's Palace, yeah. There's a lot of people um, in those things. They, um, if you also check out some other shows that Chris is on at Neozaz, um, you've been on the Grady's, haven't you? I was on the Grady's when it first started, yeah. They, they, they are still continuing. I am no longer on that, but yeah, I was on the early, earlier episodes that I, i'm on uh, one called passive popcorn we just me and tim talk about whatever we're watching movies um on netflix streaming services and theaters you know that's what we do once in a while we do some best of fives this countdown top five whatever the fucking conversations about but yeah i've been doing it for, i don't know what 10 i don't know 10 11 years now i think around there all right so, if you guys want to go out and check out Past the Popcorn, Star Wars and Character, um, go on to neozaz.com. Tim was also on a series called Indiana Jones and Character, where they talked about um, characters oh, yeah, I'm from on that Indiana too. Jones. I about that one. <laughs> Is that, did you guys kick that back up? Yeah, um, Dave and I, yeah. we Just um, during this whole quarantine thing, we brought that back for a while. And, and we're not done yet. Just that, you know, everyone's kind of back to a normal life. And all. But yeah, I, I forgot I was on that one, too. 
this uh, Indiana Jones in character. Um, you can check out uh, Chris's co-host Matt. He often covers the Halloween Horror Nights. Yes, he does. Um, go ahead and give them your information, Chris. Like, where can they find you if they want to reach out and ask you about your shows? Who would to reach out to me personally? Uh. Well, I mean, if they want to, like, message you personally or, like, yeah. message you to get a hold of you for our show, go ahead and, like, tell them where they can find you. I'm on, you know, neozaz.com is the actual page that has all the shows, but I'm on Facebook. My name's Chris Irons. Um, Cornell said it earlier. You know, ask to be my friend. I'll I'll accept anybody. I don't care, you know. I'm on, I'm on Twitter. I don't really do much on there. I just do that to stalk celebrities mostly. Um... <laughs> <laughs> And Instagram, I think my daughter signed me up for to like her posts, just so she can get likes. So I don't even know how Instagram works, but it's mostly I'm mostly on Facebook. You know, just I'm easy to find. I'm also in the third bathroom stall on the left. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Oh but, um, boy, Cordell, man, I want to say thank you for having me on. It was it was a pleasure and honor. Talk to you about anything Star Wars and mentioning some boobies in between. Well, no problem, Chris. And like I said, I do believe down the road I will actually do the Star Wars saga. Um, I will probably do an episode uh, for each movie, and I will get in touch with you if you would like to join me for those. And I would if love you would that. like, if you could, if you could ask anyone else on Swick if they would like to talk about it. Yeah. Um, okay. Because I think you guys have been one of the most influential podcasts um, that I've listened to. You guys have definitely influenced me when I started my own podcast. It was you. It was Now Playing. And there was a horror podcast that I used to listen to called All My Heels Wear Masks. They no longer put out episodes. Uh But um, you guys have been my three biggest uh, influences for this decision. So it was an honor to have you on, and uh, thank you for joining me. It was a pleasure being here, and until we meet again somewhere far, far away. Well, hopefully that'll be on Battlefront 2, because I'm still trying to get you to play. Yeah, Luke's always <laughs> on that thing. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, thanks, before, though, man. Before, yes, before I go, I, you did do a live Facebook video of that new uh, Squadrons game. Do? Did we do that? Luke and I? Yeah. Did we do that? I think we did. I remember. Yeah. What? How is that game? Is it worth buying? It's worth buying, I think, because... Well, no. Hold on. It's it's worth buying now. I think when I got it, it was like either, I think, 30 bucks maybe or something. But now it's like $17, and I heard. Um, it's it's fun. I haven't played it since I got it, maybe, like that 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 weekend or that, that week. It's okay. It's just, it's, I get seasick now. I don't know. I get motion sickness and, and the whole fucking screen's moving. Like, it's just you in the cockpit and it's like, whoa, everything's moving around. It's, it's okay. All I'll right, wait till it's going to down a little bit. I can tell you what, the video game I'm waiting for that Star Wars related is they are putting out the Lego Star Wars Skywalker saga. I pre ordered that six months ago, seven months ago. I pre- I bought it. I pre-ordered it to get that fucking Han Solo carbonite case, and it, it's that it keeps on getting delayed and pushed, delayed and pushed. So I do own it. 
I just don't have it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of blows because I can't wait to get my hands on that game. I've yeah. always been a fan of the Lego Star Wars. But, alrighty, um, I guess that is where we will end this. All right, man. I hope everyone has a good night as we move into December. I hope everyone uh, is getting ready for Christmas. And until next time, thank you, Chris. Thank you. Impressive. Most impressive.